Shea butter and popcorn. <laughs> okay, let's start the show. Sit back, relax, and listen. Fridays gonna have you listening. Get ready for a real good vibe. Shea butter and popcorn. Now live. Welcome to Shea butter and popcorn. Season three, episode two. Shea Butter and Popcorn is the all-inclusive podcast giving you the exclusive. This podcast focuses on reviewing our favorite films and shows. My name is Chelsea, a.k.a. Chels, singer, actor, writer, podcaster, and all-around movie lover. And it's your girl, Tajiana here, actress, filmmaker, and teaching artist from the Bay Area. And I am a lover of Black stories, Black narratives, Black everything. Welcome back. Yes, season three. We are here, baby. We're talking about quarantine film fun. Yes. Yes. Um, This is part one. We're going to break it up into two parts. We're going to break down a couple of movies and shows that we discovered while we've been doing some method acting as hermits. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Um, I'm ready for my close up as hermit number one. Uh, You know, better yet, my socially distant. Filming with the proper PPE equipment. Uh, <laughs> you, know, you gotta have that. I feel like that's gonna be the new status of someone who's like in the know. It's like, are you PPE? Are you down with PPE? Oh my gosh. Do you have your PPE? But do you got your PPE though? So, yeah. Do you got mm. it? Mm. Hello. Even though the circumstances for us having ample free time can be less than desirable, we really did discover some really great content. So, some of these pieces of art may put a smile on your face as we hope that they do. And as we venture to finally finish 2020 and say sayonara. So first up, the movie I want to talk about. I'm so excited. I love this movie. I'm talking about The Old Guard 2020 Netflix original. Oh, yeah, baby. So this oh, yeah. movie. Oh, so good. It's like I love action movies. You guys know this. So I'm super excited when this movie dropped. It's directed by Gina Prince Blythewood. Okay. Yes. Hello. Oh, okay. Gina. Hello. Amazing black uh, woman director. She did Love and Basketball. Um, so many great films. The screenplays by Greg Rucka. And so um, before I get started about what the movie's about, um, the old guard, the saying comes from is, of course, is a group of leaders that have influence, that leaders that have prestige, and they're very, very old. So Taking that definition and running with it, The Old Guard is a series. um, This film series is based off of a comic of the same name. So a group of mercenaries, all centuries old, immortals, have the ability to heal themselves. So they don't die. And I was like, wow, what in the world? Um, So since they don't die and they're immortal, they discover that someone's onto their secret and they must fight to protect their freedom. Cause of course, what are you going to do when you find someone that's immortal? You're going to want to like basically enslave them and then figure out how you can be immortal yourself. So this is such a great film. It stars Charlize Theron as Andy, AKA Andromaca the Scythian, AKA my Halloween costume. <laughs> if you see me dressing as Andromaca the Scythian, mind your business. I am going oh to be cute and be in drama because the city. I am in love with this film. Um, also, Kiki Lane. <laughs> you sound like Erica Badu. Hey, y'all. It's Erica Badu. Badu. Also known uh, as Ablangada. Also known as 
Maria Mexico. Like Maria she has Mexico. so many, so many surnames. I just don't and, understand. Oh my gosh, Badula. <laughs> <I love> <laughs> um, Kiki Lane as Niall Freeman, a former U.S. Marine who served in Afghanistan. Um, the way that she just comes onto the screen is so incredible. Kiki Lane, um, you guys probably know her from "If Bill Street Could Talk," the movie that gave that got Regina King her um, Oscar. So amazing. Kiki Lane did so great in that movie. Um, and so, like, she's fighting, right? And the way that she, like, dies but doesn't die and she realizes that she has the gift of immortality is so cool because she's literally, like, freaking out. And they're trying to figure out what they're going to do about her, a.k.a. they're probably going to try and kill her off, um, the people at the military base because she's, like, um, in Afghanistan. And so, and she's waiting to hear from her superiors and she's sitting on the bench and as she's waiting, she has her headphones in and like her foot shaking and she's like having a panic attack. And then she puts on music to like calm herself down. And the song that plays, I love how Gina did this. It's Godspeed by Frank Ocean. I was like, ah, I will always love you. I was like, yes. Oh my God. It was oh so. My, that oh song. My God. <laughs> it, there are no words for how that song makes me feel. Um, right? Frank Ocean, the goat man, just. Yeah. Love that man. So Love that good. Man. Like the cinematography, just that scene. And then now that song is like through that scene. It's it's beautiful. It was beautifully shot. It was great. So it's like, like, you know, that golden hour, it's like evening and sundown when that happens. It's, it's really good. Um, you have Matthias Shenartis. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, Matthias plays Booker, um, a.k.a. Sebastian Lelive. Um who is a French soldier who fought under Napoleon. So he is like old, old, okay. Um, but of course, Charlize Theron is the oldest because she is like from like pre-Viking era. So um, she's like super, super old. Um, she knew people like that were in the times of uh, biblical times. So that's how old she is. You have Marwin Kinzari who plays Joe, um, who is actually Yusef al-Kaisani, a Muslim warrior who had participated in the Crusades as well as Nikki's lover. Um, Luca Marinelli as Nikki, um, who is actually Niccolo di Genova, a former Italian crusader. He and Joe started off as enemies but became lovers after discovering their immortality together. So they're a couple. Chuchua Iljafor um, as James Copley, a former CIA agent grieving the loss of his wife who had ALS. Um, Harry Melling as Stephen Merrick, who's the wealthy CEO of a pharmaceutical empire. Van Veronica Ungol as Quinn, an immortal ally from Andy's past. And Anna Marie Marinka as Dr. Meta Kolzak. Joey Ansa as Keen and Michael Ward as Lycon. So these are like your characters and um, that are obviously evil because they want to kind of like capture the old guard and use their bodies for science and use them as lab rats. And then you have the old guard who actually most of them used to be evil themselves. And then they turn, you know, good and they were protectors. So I think it's funny because you have that dichotomy there between good and evil and villains and, and heroes. And it's almost like makes me think of Batman the famous quote, you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become a villain. And these people, it's like, are they good? Are they bad? Or are they just existing? So it's, it's kind of cool how it plays with that. It's an excellent movie. Such a huge, you know, 
uh, cliffhanger at the end. It's like, oh my God, what? I'm not going to tell you the twist though, but you guys have to check it out. I'm excited for the sequel. That's my first movie. Second film that I enjoyed watching in quarantine. Now, this came out in 2019, but I discovered it in 2020. So it's going to be part of quarantine film fun. Um, Blow the Man Down, 2019. It's available on Amazon Prime. So this is directed by Bridget Savage Cole and Daniel Cruddy. This film is very well done. It's a crime dramedy. Um, it stars Margot Martindale as a madame and Sophie Lowe and Morgan Saylor as the Connolly sisters. Um, just for uh, reference, the lyric, Blow the Man Down, most likely refers to a common mishap at sea during the age of sailing, wherein you have a strong sudden gale that catches a ship with its top sails fully set and the force of the wind, depending upon the load and balance of the ship's cargo um, can actually blow the man down, you know, and people could Mm -hmm. like get injured or die. So that's what the saying is. That's, you know, the basis of that title. You learn something new every day. (laughs) Did not know that. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Because when I was researching this movie, I was like, why do they call it blow the man down? You know, because sometimes you just like want to know why they call things the things that they call them, you know, if it's like an artistic reason or like a historical reason. So it's kind of interesting to find that out. You have the two sisters, Mary Beth and Priscilla Connolly, who attempt to cover up a gruesome run-in with a dangerous man named Gorski. Um, and to conceal their crime, the sisters go deep into the criminal underbelly of their hometown and they uncover the town's darkest secrets. Um, to be fair, the little sister, Mary Beth, is the one who actually commits the murder. She kills Gorski with a harpoon in the neck. Yeah, so delicious. She like meets him in a bar and um, he is like, you could really tell like super like scum of the earth type of thing, but she's just looking for trouble. And then, and it, it's kind of like really dark of how they're like, okay, they're going to hook up or something like that. And they're like driving in this car, but then she opens up the trunk when they have this like, mini accident basically because they're both drunk in this bar you know in this freezing um fish ice town and she sees like blood and hair and assumes that he's a murderer because this um prostitute has been murdered and the town's talking about it and um so she runs and and he like chases her you know and um she defends herself but um she kills him harpoon to the neck he's not dead yet so um, she ends up killing him fatally by bludgeoning him with a brick to the head. So yummy. It's so good. <laughs> um, not yummy. Not yummy. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> so gross. Um, oh so, but the movie makes you side with the sisters who, you know, one commits murder, the other one's more of an accomplice because her sister has to um, help her put the body away and get rid of the body. But when they're trying to get rid of a body, they uncover a wad of cash. Um, and when they're getting rid of the body, they're not just like burying him somewhere. They decide to, <laughs> cause they don't really know where to bury him, and they've never done this before uh, naturally. So they um, cut him into pieces and put him in a cooler and drop him in the ocean. So of course it escalates very quickly, but they find the cash, decide to keep the cash. Um, at the same time, another woman's body washes up onto, sh- onto the shore and um, that is the prostitute, and that's the unsolved murder that leaves the sister in the town. The sisters in the town puzzled. There's a lot of twists in the movie. You think you have it figured out, but you actually don't. Um, the film was shot in Harpswell, Maine, 
but it was renamed Easter Cove, Maine, a fictional name. Um, it received a 98% from Rotten Tomatoes. Um, and in my honest opinion, I really rather enjoyed it. Personally, um, I thought it was very well done. Uh, just like, you know, the old guard, pretty high up there on my list of just the dialogue and the characters and the complexity. And the so far, I feel like the old guard is like super has the characters like complex and everything like that and blow them in down. There's like complexity in its simplicity. So that's the way those two different movies differ, um, are similar, but are contrasting at the same time to me. Um, those are my films. Taj, you let me know what yours are. Yeah. I mean, complexity and its simplicity. I love that. Oh man. Well, I feel like mine's aren't as deep, but <laughs> Oh, at least this first one. Um, Chelsea's really gonna love this. Um, we've talked about this offline, so this is this is gonna be fun. Um, my first quarantine film fun pick is Fatal Affair, starring Mia Long and Omar Epps. Um, she's already over it. It's fine. Um, <laughs> so many questions, but um, for those who don't know, um, this movie is about a woman who is trying to mend her marriage after a brief encounter with an old friend. And she soon realizes that her ex lover is more dangerous and unstable than she had thought. And so this came out um, July of this year um, directed and written by Peter Sullivan. And so this is, um, this is a very interesting film. I mean, it got very low ratings. (laughs) Um, It got a very, there's just so many reviews. I'm looking like, so many YouTube channels have reviewed the movie. Um, and I think, I think people were expecting to see more, um, from a film that has two of our greats, two of our legends in it, you know, having me along and Omar Epps with such, you know, long lengthy rosters in, you know, the black film community. Um, so I think people were just looking for, for something, I don't know, that would not either take them back, to like you know the 90s um or would you know be something fresh um at least that's just me but um a lot of people were commenting on how you know we've seen a story like this before whereas you know oh hey a person I used to you know date or a person I used to mess with or you know what have you and then he turns out to be crazy and then I'm fighting for my life Mm-hmm. Um, and trying to like make my way out of the house <laughs> and um, kill this dude be- before he kills me. Um, and I totally get that because I feel like it wasn't anything out of the ordinary, but it was just something, you know, to put out with two big names attached to it, you know, give the people mm-hmm. some content during quarantine. Like even Chels told me, she was like, you know, if you want something to watch, just watch it. Watch it. <laughs> and so I think if you enjoy suspense, you're going to enjoy it regardless. And you should just watch it if you want something just to watch. Um, but you know, I love our greats. Um, and I love, you know, I think, you know, their portrayal of everything was spot on. I do enjoy suspense. I really do enjoy, you know, that, um, those elements that they had, you know, I don't want to spoil the film for those who haven't seen it, but just the little tidbits of like, you know, is this going to happen or is it not going to happen or, you know, close calls and things like that. I think they hit everything on the head, but I think it was just a story that, um, people weren't necessarily looking to see or people may feel that it's played out. Um, but I do think that they did a beautiful job in building that world of suspense and like creating that dynamic. Um, there are some questionable parts of the story <laughs> that like, <laughs> what the heck is going on? Yeah. <laughs> Why yeah. did that happen? 
Mm-hmm. So it's just like, you know, I, look, Omar's character is still, he's way out of pocket, just completely psycho. Um, and I was just like, oh, heck no, like this is not happening. But I think that the film is um, is very, very telling um, and is like, you know, makes you want to watch your back. And I'm happy mm-hmm. that we had, you know, a film that is suspense um, with, you know, all black leads and that didn't necessarily have to do with blackness. Um, I just love that, you know, it's like protagonist, antagonist, you know, everybody black. It don't even matter. And that's just because So I appreciate this, you know, shout out to strong black lead and all the um, black people making it happen at Netflix um, because we got some good content coming out, which I'll talk about um, in a minute. But yeah, I mean, if y'all want to watch it, go ahead and watch it. I mean, you know, 4.4 out of 10 on IMDb. Yeah. Eighteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, you know, you can, I you mean, can you can watch it. There's some <laughs> cool people in there too. Estelle is like the mm-hmm. singer. Estelle is in there. Yes, um, they do her dirty, but <laughs> she's in that thing. So, oh my god, it's so sad. I'm like, what the heck? Okay, uh, I'll be quiet. This movie, it just yeah. <laughs> Chelsea's over it. We've already debriefed, so we're yeah, just like, it was wrong. It was wrong. How they do her, the boyfriend. Um, whatever. <laughs> it was. It was wrong. They really just didn't have to do that to him. <laughs> like, he was such a minor character that it just wasn't even necessary to go through that emotional Good lord. Trauma. He had, what, like five but, lines? <laughs> <laughs> Half of it was just facial expressions. Like, I don't understand why. Yeah. <laughs> I Okay. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Um, my next film, I just am absolutely in love with. I think it's my favorite film that has come out during this shelter in place period, um, which is <sighs> Miss Juneteenth. Oh my Yay. goodness! Yeah. Came out. Um, I originally thought that I thought that this movie was um, made earlier. Like I thought that this was an older film, and I was like, oh, I missed this all these years because right. the movie poster is so nostalgic. It's so. Uh, vintage for lack of better words um and i just i'm so in love with this movie um it's directed by and written by channing godfrey peoples um shout out to the queen um and also her husband is a producer on it um neil and so yeah i for those who don't know this film is just oh my gosh i could go on and on about this film but essentially um a former beauty queen um and single mom played by Nicole Bahari, uh, prepares her rebellious teenage daughter for the Miss Juneteenth pageant. Um, so that um, the daughter is played by Alexis um, Chikaisi. I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Uh, please forgive me if that's wrong. Um, but uh, she plays Kai. And it's just such a, a raw and real film about the relationship between mother and daughter butting heads. And like, you know, when your parents are like, try to force their dream on you like oh you should do this or this is what we're doing and it's like no that's what you want to do um this is what I want to do and um it just it was so real uh the thing that I loved the most about it was just the raw and naturalistic performances from the actors um Nicole Bahari, Kendrick Sampson um I was so excited for them to collaborate because seeing you know Nicole Bahari um in Black Mirror and then Kendrick and Insecure I was like how are they going to collaborate how are they you know but that's the art of acting is like you know you're playing a whole different characters so I just loved seeing them navigate their relationship and um 
you know, we, um, I actually invited Chelsea to this um, virtual event um, that we had the opportunity to attend through SF Film, yeah. which if you don't know, is, um, the, um, it's an indie film fest. Um, and I think it's the longest running, uh, longest running one in the States. Um, and so for those who don't know, um, this, uh, this uh, film fest is held in the city and um, us Bay Areans refer to San Francisco as the city. I, I, I don't know who calls it Frisco, but you know, it's fine. Um, but my homie Jared um, hooked us up with the Q&A um, invites. And so we got to watch stream the film. They um, do call we got it Frisco, to jump on don't the they? No, nobody calls it they Frisco. They don't call it Frisco? Okay. Because when no, I first moved here, <laughs> everybody said, oh, are you from San Francisco? And I was like, no, I'm from Frisco. And they're like, oh. Frisco. And I was like, no, Frisco, Texas. And like, well, what? some people, some people <laughs> do call it Frisco. Okay. But I feel like it's the people who aren't necessarily from there. Like my mom is born and raised there and she, I mean, they, I don't know. I guess it's maybe it's a preference thing, but usually you would just say the city. Some people just say SF, some people say Frisco. Um, But you can kind of tell based off of how you refer to the city, if you're from the city or not. Um, But whatever. I mean, there's lots of cities, right? I mean, don't people refer to New York as the city? Yeah. I don't even know. Yeah, yeah. Do. well, yeah, there's multiple locations, whatever. I'll stop okay. bullying y'all anyway. Um, <laughs> but this film, um, we, we got the opportunity to actually chat and sit down with um Channing and um her husband Neil and talk about you know the film, hear their thoughts on the, the making of process. And um, I just loved, I, I just really want to make a film that makes um, that makes me feel how this film made me feel because um it just was so real, so raw, and it just touched on, on humanity in a way that is, um, is so real to us, um, as black people, especially as black women navigating, trying to, you know, hold up everybody when you can barely hold up yourself. Mm-hmm. And I, it was just so much, and I, it was just so real and raw. And, um, you know, of course with, you know, um, Juneteenth being sparked in Galveston, Texas, and, you know, Chelsea's from Texas. So, um, we, you know, had to, you know, uh, ha- we had the opportunity to hear her talk about filming in Texas, which was so cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I got to ask questions about what it was like working with the actors and how do you get actors to portray such a natural performance? And that was, you know, she just was like, this is like, I love this question. And I was just like, oh my God, thanks, Jenny. But yeah, <laughs> it was just like, she loves our question. Oh my gosh. That was such a moment though. That was gosh. Just getting insight and like gaining knowledge though. Like you can't Mm -hmm. you can't you can't put a price on that. Like being able to gain from people. Especially during this time where you're in the house. So it was it was nice to have that. Please, please, please watch Miss Juneteenth. It's on um you can rent it on um Prime Video. Let's get into our TV shows. Quarantine film fun. Hey. So, because you know, if you guys don't want to be like watching a movie for an hour and a half or two hours, the best thing you can do is like uh, watch a TV show and then stream it all day if you want, or watch a little bit here and there. I know I did during quarantine for sure. Like Netflix kept asking, "Are you still watching?" And I'm like, "Yes." Let's let's play another episode of of Shit's Creek. Um, are, you, are you still here? Yes, Are I am. you still watching? Watching the same thing. Um, Even and one, though you passed out on the couch, so but it's much okay. Stuff. Oh my gosh. Seriously. You know you did. You know you did. There were so many things. And um, we're going to definitely um, continue the conversation because 
it's so much to fit into one episode. That's why we broke it up because there's so many shows and like movies that came out and that we watched. And a couple of the shows I want to highlight this week. Um, number one is Little Fires Everywhere. Seriously? Yes! Oh, oh my God. If you guys haven't seen it, like seriously, please watch it. Um, 2020, it debuted in the spring. It's on Hulu, you guys. It's a limited series. It's literally eight episodes. So it went on for like eight weeks. And every week there was a new episode Wednesday night. I was, where was I? In front of the TV. I'm so serious. So good. This limited series. Yes. It's so excellent. Starring my favorite actress, Carrie Washington. Y'all know I love Carrie. That's my girl. I love. We love Carrie. Carrie. And Reese Witherspoon. Love her too. Legally Blonde. It was so incredible. It was so good. Um, it covered so much over the span of eight episodes. That's what took me out. It covered so much ground and the specific character arcs. It was beautifully done. And it's based off the book by the, by the same name, written by Celeste Ng. Um, this show is set in the 90s. Um, and since it is, it really immerses itself into this decade. It's set in Shaker Heights, Ohio, a suburb of Cleveland, Ohio. And it's the 90s so you got the 90s soundtrack through this show you got the 90s fashion 90s hair 90s politics very interesting um the show follows the intertwined fates of the picture perfect richardson family picture perfect hint hint they ain't perfect at all they're a hot mess they have an enigmatic mother uh played by uh carrie washington and her daughter played by lexi underwood come and up in their lives uh, Lexi Underwood, newcomer, great actress, very, very talented. Um, the story explores the weight of secrets, the nature of art and identity, the ferocious pull of motherhood, and the danger in believing that following the rules can avert disaster. It had me on the edge of my seat every Wednesday night, anxiously anticipating each episode. The twist about uh, Carrie Washington, who plays Mia, and like her finding out um who she is um through the eyes of like the world's perception of her as a black woman who's a single mother and then like um who she knows that she is as an individual and like the secrets that she has of her own that are uncovered I don't want to spoil anything so I'm not going to ruin the show for you but um it's very very good she's like super hipster and cool because she's an artist and She's very free, you know, she's not like um, uptight and that's in every every part of her life, you know, and whereas Reese Witherspoon's like character is super uptight and she wants her kids to be perfect and she thinks she is perfect and, you know, um, not knowing that they're so like bleak and her husband is really fit to be tired of her and he's like a lawyer and an attorney, Um her husband's played by um, Joshua Jackson. He was um, the guy from Dawson's Creek who is actually married and just had a baby with um, the lady from Queen and Slim, Jodie Turner-Smith. So kind of cool connection there. Very talented actress. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a great, great show. Um, one episode I really liked, really, um, this one episode in the middle of, the limited series where Mia is reflecting on this painting actually. And it's about this relationship she actually had that actually kind of turned romantic with um, 
this woman when she was working the art world circuit in this gallery and um, played by Princess Tiana. Uh, so <laughs> Aniki Nani Rose. I love her. So love super her. cool. Um, that, that was a very powerful, very uh, telling episode. Um, please check out Little Flyers Everywhere on Hulu if you have not yet. Last but not least, the show I'm going to talk about it's my favorite show right now. Um, they just ended season one. It's 12 episodes. I'm geeking out. And um, I told Taj about the show. And now Taj is addicted. And I'm talking about I May Destroy You 2020, available on HBO and HBO Max. Okay. Y'all. <laughs> this show. <laughs> this show is so much. I had to save the I'm best so for glad. Last. I have one episode left. <laughs> I have one episode left. Yeah. And I'm oh. on the verge. <laughs> it's just great. It's so good. Oh my gosh. I May Destroy You. It's by far the best comedy drama series I've seen in a while. It's a British show that encapsulates trauma and depression with hilarious dialogue, strong characters, with arcs that are detailed. And it's not just like broad strokes of the character being forged together. Like she took her time with this one. Like it's so excellent. The show's created, written, and starring Michaela Coel. Um, if you guys don't know her, I followed her work previously on the show Chewing Gum, Chewing Gum on Netflix, which is hilarious. Um, should definitely check that out. Funny enough, I May Destroy You was supposed to be on Netflix because she already had a relationship with them with Chewing Gum. And um, they weren't going to, you know, pay her and give her her flowers. Run her coin. They weren't going to run her her coin. <laughs> they weren't. Hey, black women, I'm sick of it. Exactly. I'm so sick of it. Black women deserve oh. better. And so she's like, I'm not just going to sign my life away because, yeah, Netflix is great, but she wouldn't have, like, royalties and artist control, and she created it. So I get why she stepped away. Got an overall deal and much more success on HBO. And you know what? HBO is popping anyway, okay? They've got Euphoria. They've got Watchmen. They've got so many Insecure. They have so many, like, shows with Black leads. Like, it's fine. It's fine. It's so fine. HBO is incredible. Um, so this series <laughs> is set in London and stars Coel as Arabella, a young woman who seeks to rebuild her life after being raped. And she is a like considered like a millennial icon and she's a writer and she's a publisher and she has this huge like social media following so it really kind of like encapsulates like how people can be influencers of today and like what are they influencing and like the cultural reset as it were it's, it's really cool um the series premiered on june 8th 2020 on bbc one and june 7th 2020 on HBO because it was of course it's a British show so on BBC One first and everyone was talking about it I was on Twitter and I was like what is this and you know HBO was highlighting it so I was checking out the show and I just got hooked um so Arabella of course she's a Twitter star turned novelist who found fame with her debut book Chronicles of a Fed-Up Millennial and she's publicly celebrated as a millennial icon um whilst struggling to meet a deadline for her second book she takes a break from work to meet up with friends on a night out in London. The following morning, she struggles to remember what happened to her, but recalls the events of the night with the help of her friend, Terry, played by Baruche Opia, and Kwame, played by Papa Esidu. The story will break you in ways that you didn't even know was possible. 
I literally, there's no exaggeration, no exaggeration. I find myself crying and laughing all in one episode. And because of the storyline, it's just so visceral. I just want to take this time to thank Michaela Coel for creating such a masterpiece. Like this scene where um, after the incident and she can't remember anything, right? And she's going home to her apartment and she's about to touch the door. And then she has a... Uh, a flashback of being raped and, but she can't place, she doesn't know that that happened to her. So she, she just goes, huh? And she doesn't freak out. It's nothing big where it's like, Oh my God, what was that? Was that just like a, 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 a you know, a walking nightmare? Did I just have a, a weird daydream in the middle of the day? It wasn't anything like that, but you could just see that on her face. She's just like, huh? And then she opens the door and just goes back into her room and, and, and just her un- uncovering it and that she was, assaulted and you just learn about her life and this one episode um without giving too much away um she ends up you find out that she had an abortion um previously and this is before the 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 assault uh the attack had happened to her and um she's cleaning up her apartment because she's um cleaning up her flat excuse me she's in london so she's cleaning up her flat and (laughs) her uh flatmate um, is in the room and seeing her sorting her life together and she's like on a roll and it's been inspired and she's writing and they're like what's this it's like folded like shipping um tape on this like envelope type of thing and she picks it up and she looks at it and she's it's under her bed and she's like oh this uh this is from a while ago and it's like an old sonogram and like old uh paperwork and things like that and it's she had an abortion and it's like what and it's the way it's written like you don't even expect that it's 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 beautiful the subject of rape of course is sensitive and the way she handles it is extraordinary with the expertise of a person who knows and unfortunately she does know firsthand um Michaela Coel wrote this because she herself was a victim of assault and when she was riding chewing gum she went for a drink with a friend for a break and was assaulted after her drink was spiked And this happens, you know, way more often than you think. But her friends, um, Kwame and Terry, are ride or dies, and they're there for her. And they go through so much stuff, and you feel for them, the things that they experience, especially in the episode when her and Terry go to, um, Arabella and Terry go to Italy, and just the way that they're still riding for each other. And she's all like, your birth is my birth, and your death is my death. Like, seriously, you need to... Seriously, y'all need a best friend like Arabella and Terry. Like their relationship, I y'all they're they're amazing. Your birth is my birth. Your death is my my death. death. (laughs) (laughs) I just I love it. it. I love it. I I mean, that's what I think. I love. I may destroy you. Please watch it. I mean, do yourself a favor. I, I love it. Taj, you love it, don't you? She's just amazing. Um, and I would love to get the opportunity to talk with her one day, work with her one day. She's just, Ugh. ever since chewing gum, chewing gum oh tore gosh. me up. Chewing, chewing gum, gum is so funny. Oh, my God. You guys, I know they, they've been ah. taking off Netflix, huh? They need to, people need yeah. to watch that. If you have not seen chewing when, gum, um, you need to find it. That episode when Stormzy was on there, Stormzy is like this uh, oh big a British rapper. This was so, that was so funny. Like, and I know that some people may be like, oh, I don't know. They like to stick to like American shows, but it's, you should do it. Branch out. You'll be because fine. Branch out. The representation matters. Do something and, new. 
you know, yeah. something it's, fresh. I like my perspective being challenged. Like every time I watch yeah. her work, it's like, you know, you get further into the, you know, black British, you know, uh, world. Mm-hmm. And so I just love that. Yeah. Love it. Her, her acting's exemplary. It's so good. You, you can, it's, it's good. You pick up some things, mm-hmm. watch her work for sure. Um, so those are my quarantine film fun selections for this week. Taj, you let them know what yours are. Oh yeah, baby. I'm taking back way back, <laughs> way back. Um, I'm, I'm so pleased, um, with the, the, um, new releases of, um, black shows on Netflix. Um, of course, under unfortunate circumstances during, you know, this, this time of racial unrest, um, specifically within the last few months, um, but I am happy about the recognition and, and space that has been made, especially by the, um, you know, the black executives, producers, and just, um, um, staff at, um, at Netflix and, you know, strong black lead. Mm-hmm. Appreciate y'all for pushing this through. Um, I want to talk about Mo to the, E to the, oh, um, I, I love it. I love it. I want to talk about Moesha. <laughs> Um, Moesha, um, is just, I didn't grow up watching Moesha actually. So this has been a, a revelation for me, um, to, because I guess it wasn't on as much when I was a kid. My, that's what my mom said. She was like, it wasn't on TV. Um, or I guess the times that it was playing, it was like, I was little and I had to go to bed. So I don't know, but, um, I didn't grow up watching Moesha, but, um, for those who don't know, um, uh, Moesha Mitchell is a teenager juggling school, friendships, and romance. Um, and she is previously the female head of the household um, because um, her her mom passed away. And she now, you know, has to grapple with her stepmom, her father's new wife, who she is learning to love and trust. Um, while at home, she does the best to be the glue that helps hold her family together. And the show, um, the show came out in 96, and it ran for six seasons. A lot of people complain about how Moesha ended <laughs> and they don't like the, you know, the cliffhanger and there's a lot going on. I've already heard the ending. I haven't even, I'm on the last season right now, so I'm getting there. But it's just like, um, I just always appreciate the, the, like my heart lies with 90s TV shows. Like I just love the comedic <laughs> characters and the lessons that are taught in these stories of each episode. I just love the portrayals of that, just that comedic touch and the writing, those, those punch, you know, those punchlines, they're just different. Um, and they really are just, um, they're everything like nineties TV shows are, you know, I remember being in college and I didn't grow up watching a different world. So I binge watched a different world. Like I think the summer after my freshman year of college. And then the next year I just started wearing vests. Like I was like, (laughs) I, I was, you know, my heart just lies in that, that world in that time. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously I was just being born. So yes, a nineties kid, but like, barely, right. Yeah. I was barely <laughs> like months old. Um, no, I was like one when this came out. So obviously I wasn't, I wasn't watching it, but, um, it, it just is such a, such a, you know, pivotal shift in culture. Um, this, this um show I, one of my favorite episodes is the episode that um where Moesha goes over to um 
this older lady's house and it's kind of talking about the Harlem Renaissance. And then it also talks about um, old people having dementia. And so it's just like, you wouldn't think that a show about, you know, a teenager and her navigating her life is going to, you know, coincide with her, you know, talking to somebody or interacting with somebody who has dementia. Um, And so um, there's just so much that this show covers. Y'all have to really just get through these seasons and watch it. Um, I just love how they infuse the poetry and, these 90s shows with these inserts, though, I don't know how I feel about them. I, I think they're funny, but they're also <laughs> like, why? Like, you know, when it goes from scene to scene and then in between, they'll have like, like one of them was like, there was a little girl walking down the street and they have the transition music and then she drops her ice cream cone. And I'm like, why? <laughs> like, why is that necessary? Right. Like sometimes they'll have like guys playing, you know, basketball at the court and then it'll transition to the next scene to show like, hey, you know. If a character just left the house, they'll show something that's outside as like a transition. Like wow. I see where y'all are going with this, trying to connect it from one thing to another. But yeah. some of them, like somebody was getting getting like their dog was running too fast and they were holding the leash. So the dog was like pulling them. They're just like such mm. weird transitions. And they're just so yeah. funny to me. I'm like, wow. <laughs> um, but I love the show. I, I simply love the show. And with, you know. With a lot of things, you know, a lot of content that you watch, you kind of get into a rabbit hole, you know, like once you start getting into a new show or even rewatching an old show, um, you start researching about the actors and their lives and what it was like during that time and just um, all the things I had to go through with it. And I just loved hearing about the process um, and just, you know, because originally, um, those who don't know, Moesha is played by Brandy and Brandy, you know, was focusing on singing at the time, right? And so she was like, I want to be no actress. Um, but her mom was like, they got this new show, you know. Right. The, um, I think the the writer was, um, you know, they had forwarded the script and she was doing an interview that I was watching. She was like, you know, I sucked. Like, <laughs> I sucked. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, they were like, she's horrible. But, you know, she had her thing going on right. with, you know, her songs. And it was just like, this would just be a nice face for the show. And so... She really got mentored by a lot of actors, um, a lot of greats who were um, around her. And I just really appreciated it. Brandy was killing it in the 90s, too. Oh, my God. Moesha and Cinderella. And, like, did you know? Cinderella. Please tell me I saw Brandy versus Monica. Oh, my gosh. I I feel like she's, like, in a resurgence. Like, I went back into a Brandy, like, now I'm listening to all her music again, you know, um, yeah. and shout out to her for coming out with um, B7, you B7, know, which is her. Borderline. Oh Hello. Wait. Oh, Borderline. Borderline. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Song, oh, my gosh. She has a song with Daniel Caesar. She has a song yeah. with Anderson Pack. Like, she's yeah. just, um, she's killing it. And this is her, um, B7 is her seventh studio album, album. Yes. um but it's her mm-hmm. first one produced under her own label um brand yeah, new she's like incorporated and and artist control and yeah yeah she's amazing and it's been awesome. some years but i'm happy that you know she's a fantastic singer and i f- still feel like she's underrated um it's just like you can do so many things but i feel like she's not a uh at the you know, in the the face of you know every conversation, which is fine, but definitely go watch Moesha on Netflix um, for sure. And also, um, what's on there is <laughs> the game. <laughs> <laughs> we love the game, bro. Talk about culture shift. Like, I feel like the game was just like I don't even know. I don't want to compare it to a show from like I don't know, like what is our parents' version of the game? But it was just right. like right. It was just like so. The writing, like the writing 
and the, the stories, the acting, I feel like everybody was just in their prime. Like mm-hmm. they were just in their prime. And for those who don't know, um, the game came out in 2006. Wow. Jeez. Um, it wow. ran for nine seasons. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, um, wow. Legendary writer on that, um, uh, Mara Brock Akil. Um, mm-hmm. love her. Such a, just, oh my gosh, just such heavy hitters, you know, mm-hmm. writer of, um, girlfriends and so many other, um, great shows and, um, I just, wow. Um, so this, um, this show, um, highlights these football players, right? So these men are trying to hone in on their talents on the field, um, and the wives and girlfriends of pro football players. Um, they sharpen their own skills behind the scenes when it comes to the power plays they have to use to get their guys the best agents, the best endorsements, the best merchant, uh, merchandising deals, even the in charity. Mm-hmm. And then there's the groupies around every corner and the oh so helpful image consultants ready and eager to perform a makeover for any player in trouble. So it's about, you know, navigating life as a pro- professional football player, but also on the women's side of being, you know, married or dating these guys um, and mm-hmm. having to maintain your own personal image while also trying to support them. Um, I thought it would, I thought they just did a beautiful job of highlighting that. Um, my mom loved this show. Like anytime it was on, she was watching me. She was like so intrigued. And usually my mom like falls asleep like during right. that stuff. She like was so into this show. Um, and that's how I got into the show. <laughs> um, and I was just like, this is just so nostalgic for them to put this back up on here. Um, and you know, man, I think that this show is just everything like, um, Tia Maori, um, Pooch Hall. Wow. Like everybody in this thing was so on point. Um, and I actually, um, thankfully had the opportunity last month, um, to work with, um, Shanti Lowry, um, on a short film where I was the director's assistant, um, and she plays the lead. Um, so hopefully y'all will see that soon. Lover's discretion. And she plays... Yes, she plays Dion on the game. Thank you, boo. (laughs) She plays Dion on the game, which if y'all don't know, Dion (laughs) was, um, so if you guys know, you know, um, Derwin, um, one of the main characters, um, he He was so (sighs) just a lost part of the mess. It's okay. Like, uh, it's okay. We're going, y'all just watch the show. Um, He didn't deserve Melanie. I said it. He did. He, he did, did not. not. He did not deserve Melanie. He did not. He no. drained her. Okay, sorry. Y'all, she's just trying to go to med school. That's it. Med school, and, med school. And that's why, <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Literally, like, I think that's what also contributed to the show just being so strong because you have, like, yeah. Wendy Raquel Robinson um, playing Tasha Mack, and she's just like, you know, snappy, you know, everybody had their character, you know, on point. Brittany Daniel, who's playing uh, Kelly Pitts, just like, you know, honey, you got to get it together. Like, this is my character and this is what's happening. Like, everybody had such a strict um, or such a just obvious, um, you know, just character. And I think that's just what really makes for a good story is everybody has their thing. Like Tia's character, you know, Melanie, um, she's just trying to get through med school and support, you know, support her, her man. Um, and also, you know, Brandy also is in this show as well, um, at some point. So, um, y'all got, look, this show had everybody, bro, there's so many, um, and I can't wait to rewatch all nine seasons. Um, but, you know, being able to have all these heavy hitters in there and it ran, 
you know, for so long, uh, 2006 to 2015, they, you know, they really made something with this. Um, and I really was so happy that they got to show this. Um, but you know, I was, I was very um, pleased to be able to work with Shanti as well and be alongside her. And, um, you know, she played Dion, um, like I was saying, cause she was, um, Derwin's publicist. And so <laughs> she also has this conniving aura, um, who's yeah, a very attractive lady. <laughs> and Melanie's like, you better step away from my man. And she's right. like, don't nobody want your man. And she should. I'm just like, oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. I- Hope you enjoyed our quarantine choices. Thank you so much for listening. Tune in next week. We have part two of our quarantine film fun. Oh, yeah. yeah. So much oh fun. It's going to be so fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, feel free to follow us on social media to stay updated on this podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Shea Butter Pop. Follow us on Instagram at Shea Butter Popcorn. Or you can follow us individually. Follow me at Chelsea J Music on Twitter or Instagram. And you can follow me on Instagram at Tajiana Okechuku or on Twitter at Tajiana Tweets. Yes, all one word, all lowercase. Let us know what you thought of this episode. Let us know what you want us to talk about. You know? Do it. Come on. Do us it. Up. Like, like again. You know you want share, to. Subscribe. You know you want to. Follow <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. All right. See you You're like, how do you know? <laughs> I know. Like, how do you know what we want to How are you do? telling me what you, you're telling me what you want me to do. Do I want to do that? Yeah, you know you know. We're your friends in your head. None of that. <laughs> we live rent free in your head. Rent free. You know you think about us in our movie reviews. And us trashing you. And loving you. Oh my gosh. Y'all know it. Alright, see y'all next week. Bye.